Today on Refried Reviews, I have made my decision for Christ. (laughs) There we go. to Refrad Reviews. I'm John. I'm JP. And we have been joined by uh, noted commie pinko, Andy <laughs> Self. Um, how you doing, man? Oh, uh, hello. Yeah. So uh, so we, we, we brought Andy in because, uh, again, he's, uh, he's, he's, he's a little bit to the left of center um, politically. <laughs> we were watching. Um, <laughs> to the left of center. I'm to the left of Trotsky, man. <laughs> Yeah, we 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 were watched uh, Glengarry Glen Ross, um, the first of many full-throated critiques of capitalism. Maybe not the first. I'm sure at some point somebody had gone after that golden goose. Because um, <laughs> on the waterfront is like fuck. Well, on the waterfront is hey, uh, look, unions don't work anymore. Yeah, on the waterfront is Elia Kazan saying, Ah, uh, yeah, I named names, but who gives a fuck? <laughs> fuck that guy. Fuck that movie. Fuck everybody. Well, uh, Wall Street was later, right? <laughs> Wall Street was. Wall Street was before. Yeah. Oh, was well, it? Well, it was. It was. Was it after the play, and before the movie, of Glengarry? Uh, mm-hmm. I think yeah. It was that, eighty something. Yeah. Uh, Wall Street was later. In, uh, was like eighty five, eighty six, yeah. and uh, the play Glengarry was, as you mentioned before, we started rolling eighty four, and the movie was, n- I believe, ninety two. Yeah. Um, and wow, does this movie have a chip on its shoulder? Um, it's... Does it? <laughs> yeah. hey, wait, wait, John. I just thought of something. Yeah, Andy, when you it started, does. when you st- when you did the lead in, you could have said, "You know what it takes to run a podcast? It takes brass balls to run a podcast." And then you could have had the. I love. The fact that that guy, like, there's a there's a little note of prop comedy to Alec Baldwin. Yeah, he's fucking, he's, he's corporate carrot top. <laughs> he fucking brings brass balls around just so he can say that. Yeah. And then he, he has a pair of brass balls <laughs> and then he in his it. briefcase at all yeah, times. Just, just for that speech. You're yeah. saying you and can't come even... up with a secondary use? That's <laughs> what you're getting at? <laughs> Maybe there's like they're not actually brass balls. They're those old sneaker, those old sneaker deodorizer things. That's the all balls. they are. Uh, or their cat toys. I don't know. He also follows it with that shitty act out with the drink. Yeah. Where he's like, yeah, yeah I used to be in in what a sales. It, sales. It's tough, a tough racket. It's a tough racket. Mm. And then he does the drink. Yeah. And like that's so, the worst act out I've ever seen. <laughs> you just cut that from your cut that from your whole act, man. Cut it. It doesn't work. The audience isn't on board. You've lost them. Are you giving Alec I'm giving him notes. Yeah, okay. I'm giving him notes. If glasses were cooler at the time, he would have taken them off angrily. <laughs> um, yeah, so Andy, when did you see this movie for the first time? And, and what did you think of it when you saw it? I want to say I was, I was either, like, I think I was 16. Yeah. I think I was, I was in high school for sure the first time I saw it. Um, I can't remember if I saw it before. I definitely know that when I worked for Blockbuster Video at one point I rented it. But I can't – I might have rented it before then or had been on TV and watched it before then. Yeah. Um, and I thought it was great, you know, because I was a kid. I was a teenager <laughs> and I thought it was genius because it was like – Politics. It's Well, it was politics and it was and it was like snappily written, you know. It had that dialogue. Yeah. And I was in, I was in theater, so it was cool to like, you know, to see like uh, – 
you know, a stage play done so. It was also at that time. It's also this, cool when you're a, when you're a teenager and you see a stage play and people are saying "fuck" in it. Yeah, like, <laughs> like that's how grown-ups talk. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, these guys. They're look. They're smoking. They're drinking. Ah, there's no girls. It's so cool. <laughs> like, they, you know, like you're, you're. I was like, you know, I didn't think about that, but yeah, there are no, no women in the movie. There's, there's. Uh, I think there's one. And I think it's um, there's a women there's, there's, there's women, women mentioned, mentioned. <laughs> there's a daughter in the hospital that sounds like a woman uh, there's also the the Nyborg lady uh, and then the other lady the there's wife, the, the, wife the wife that's mentioned that's when never Shelley goes but to that house isn't there God, in, in the Chinese cool. restaurant isn't there. there a woman <laughs> maybe like as a background like, for like a second yeah. oh no there's the the woman who uh, who you get the feeling is part of the husband and wife team that runs the Chinese restaurant yeah the coat check lady. Yes, so exactly. there is a the coach. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was like, I know she's in there, but like for half a second. Um, so it is more progressive than the thing. Uh, at least. Okay, okay, hold on uh, but, but a second, because I do not think I, no, no, no. I, I think the thing is stronger because it's just got men. exactly, exactly. Yeah. and this movie is too because the the thing is is that they're both I, about masculinity. They're both about about the about the trappings of masculinity, and yeah. uh, and I and and I think that the thing is it does it smarter. Than this movie, I think this movie is not. I in... think the thing does it smarter than any movie yeah. <laughs> because yeah. the thing is incredible. But this and movie, a towering achievement. Uh. When I when I first saw it, I also liked it because it was uh, it was at the time it, you know it was it was it, I probably would have seen it in ninety six ninety seven so it wouldn't have been that long after it came out, um, and I I was big onto indie film at the time. I was big into like the nineties indie film landscape like that was the shit i was into sunday i went to a lot of fu- i went to film festivals I, I like sought out like you know living in oblivion and trees lounge and basically anything that had that steve buscemi or christopher <laughs> walken had anything to do with yeah uh and so when glenn gary glenn rock i mean that movie is very it is quintessential 90s indie film like i the I don't feel know of it that, the, the, the fact that it's got all these like uh, you know some bigger actors that are like you know, kind of doing something smaller than what they normally slumming do. Slumming it is what yeah. you're trying to I'm, say. I, I wanted to find a nice way to, of saying slumming <laughs> it because I don't think slumming well, it's appropriate. Well, I don't think, like, a lot of them weren't big yet. Like, Ed Harris had been in some stuff in the 80s, but he wasn't, like, what he became. So he Kevin wasn't, Spacey definitely was not much of a name yet. No, but Kevin Spacey... Baldwin was. Ba- see, that was the thing, is it was Baldwin and, and Pacino yeah. and were the two big ones. Lemon was the guy who, you know was big and was now kind of doing smaller character parts and three um, grumpy old men yeah. thankfully and alan arkin was a guy that like had some big stuff but never really quite you know what i mean yeah. got to that level um and it was just i mean it's it was snappy dialogue it was well shot it was you know economical like it, yeah it that's had the, a nice i'm gonna challenge you on it. the whole indie film thing because no, like I'm, the, you're wrong they the, i don't think it feels like an indie film of the 90s i think uh those think those are more does. meandery and this is tighter than those movies tend to be like that's tend my... to but like but the but a lot of them were really tight like not like, all of them obviously not slacker for sure yeah, or clerks <laughs> or clerks yeah. or clerks or, is barely about anything but like you know sex <laughs> sex lies and videotape yeah uh, okay that one it's pretty tight uh, yeah. you know there are but it, it just it, it also kind of had that like that that cynicism behind it that like that this isn't a movie that, that likes the world very that much meanness, <laughs> that meanness that a lot of 90s indie films had like swimming with sharks or yeah. or um you know a million others where yeah. it was like uh, yeah the 80s sucked and now we're now we get to be pissed about it or whatever. <laughs> like 
Yeah. It also seems to me like a movie that's square in the middle of what they're not making anymore. Yeah, yeah. no, for Just sure. Just sort of like a bunch of people talking without monsters, but enough famous people <laughs> in it that it's not a quarter of a million dollars. Yeah. Like, just sort of, it's right in the middle section yeah, of talky yes. adult movies. Yeah, I mean, people, like, I, I watched a couple nights ago, on a related note, uh, Sicario, which is very good. I, uh... It's not like a lot of people have been calling it one of the best movies of last year. I don't agree with that, but I do think it's a smarter than the average bear, um, like thriller uh, cop movie, mm-hmm. and it's got a lot of interesting things to say. And it's also definitely an R-rated film. And it, I, the main thing I thought about was like how people don't make movies like Sicario anymore, like take like movies that take criminal investigation really seriously and try to say something about it rather than being pure exploitation, um, and are also like hard R films. Like, like it's a, it's an adult movie, mm-hmm. um, and about crime and people aren't really making those anymore. Like it's, it's got gunfights, but it's very much not for like the action movie crowd and nobody really makes those movies anymore. Um, and I, I, I'm, I'm happy to see that they're having a little bit of a resurgence, not to make this about Sicario, but yeah. Like, <laughs> well, there's a lot of movies. There's that, a lot of kinds like, of movies people don't make anymore. And that's yeah, and it's, and it's interesting to see them. This is a tangent for sure now. By the way, I feel just awful about saying you were wrong earlier about the indie film thing. I get where you're coming from on that. <laughs> uh, I didn't need to be so dismissive. It's fine. I mean, this is um, a podcast. We can have, let, let, like, we should have opinions and fight a little. Yeah, I know. Like, <laughs> conflict makes for good podcast. Well, that to, extend the tangent too far but like uh, yeah there are a lot of uh, it's weird to say there's a lot of movies that people don't make a lot of anymore yeah that's a weird thing to say but it's i feel like it's true because uh, and you see it in the marketing of movies like uh, crimson peak okay crimson peak is a great movie still haven't seen it's great it's yeah. great but a lot of people were disappointed in it because the marketing for that movie was all off because the thing is that like so few I hear of it's these, not a horror film it's not it's a it's well it's a gothic horror film it's yeah. like um like a hammer movie yes it's uh, but without a, it's like a hammer movie or um or uh, uh the uh the turn of the screw mm, or yeah. like um the innocence where it's sort of like the, the supernatural element is almost a backdrop or almost an incidental, and there's this yeah. other story going on in the film. It, 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 it's gothic horror, and that's the thing is that nobody makes gothic horror anymore. Yeah. So the you know a big studio doesn't know how to market that because they're not used to this kind of thing. Yeah. So they play it up as like ah it's a, it's a ghost story. Well, You're it's like with, with another Guillermo del Toro movie, uh, you know, Pan's Labyrinth. Like yeah. everybody marketed it like oh it's a rollicking fantasy romp and like <laughs> Jesus the movie's Christ. mostly about the Spanish Civil War. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and abuse. Well, and, <laughs> like, and Crimson, trauma heavy. Crimson yeah. Peak in a lot of ways is very. It's it's very close cousins with his first Spanish Civil War movie, The Devil's Backbone. Yeah. They're very similar in a lot of ways. <laughs> a movie that ends with spoiler alert: a man literally trying to blow up an orphanage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, well, he does turns... blow up the orphanage. <laughs> oh, sorry, spoilers. Uh... Yeah, I forgot that he actually pulls it off, but it's the most cartoonish third act I've ever yeah. seen. <laughs> uh, I love that's my favorite Del Toro movie. Yeah. Is Devil's Backbone. Um, but anyway, what, what, you were you were saying? Uh, I don't know if we asked you, JP, like how 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 you first encountered Glengarry Glen Ross so I think like many of the films from the era it was sort of when DVDs were first becoming a big thing and I was collecting more of them and sort of catching up through just sort of filling in the back catalog of you know what movie people talked about and sort of what big actors were in Um, I remember being impressed by all the big actors in it and watching it now I probably recognize twice as many Mm -hmm. which was a cool experience sort of uh, watching it a little more educated years later yeah 
Um, I remember just sort of being really impressed by, you know, watching actors act. Like, I, I, I'm a sucker for that kind of stuff. Yeah. I haven't These seen These guys it. bring their fucking A game in this movie, too. <laughs> yeah, really. Like, it's it's hyper dramatic. Yeah. There's, like, watching it, again, watching it when I was younger, I, I thought the performances were all stellar and, like, pitch perfect and now i watch it i'm like wow jesus these guys are blowing up quick like, <laughs> they are all coming in hot like it's like there's no fucking like, calm down maybe you start here and then build up i mean roma's pretty calm until like towards the end yeah but even he is doing he's doing the pacino thing you know he's being like, calm to infuriate people yeah yeah, 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 yeah. uh although that is before he got cartoonish pacino yeah that's, that's uh, pre uh devil's advocate pacino yeah though he, he is kind of satan in this <laughs> yeah, I mean they all kind of are. Okay, so so question. Sorry, uh, sorry I, I, yeah, I, I'm were... sorry, I derailed you, but yeah, DVDs were becoming available. You were starting to collect them, and yeah, so it's it's a movie that I really liked at the time, and honestly, probably the reason I haven't seen it in recent years is just there is no Blu-ray or anything, and I've sort of been waiting for it in high def and there figured that's. Well, you can get it like you know. Region... I watched it on Amazon Prime in HD, but that's still like that depends on your internet connection, you know. Yeah, there just hasn't been one. Like the, there's an international copy that you can import that I think is all region, but it's like forty bucks for yeah. you know a catalog title. Yeah. So it's I always figured oh I'll just rewatch it when it becomes available and I buy it. So that's yeah. I was glad that um, that you suggested it, so I finally had an excuse to rent it. You're <laughs> fucking welcome. Yay. <laughs> I'm such an <laughs> asshole. I just abuse you through this whole thing. I'm so sorry for this. Um, Podcast. I still didn't like The Fountain. Um, <laughs> you don't like The Fountain? No, we watched... He, he do you did, like The Fountain? I do. Yeah. I love The Fountain. No, I love a, it. Our fourth I love or fifth it. episode, uh, I had never seen it, and since the premise of our podcast is you watch movies for the second time, I had to watch The Fountain twice in two weeks, and uh, I really don't like The Fountain. It's fine. It's my favorite uh, Aronofsky. All right. Um, anyway. <laughs> That's uh, why it's sort of my albatross, is just that he had to watch it twice in a week, which is uh, maybe the longest 90 minute movie ever made yeah yeah, yeah. Ooh, ooh. um <laughs> speaking of aronofsky we should watch the wrestler sometime soon mm. um since you know i do like wrestling and wrestlers are sad people um, <laughs> oh, oh. anyway um yeah i i think i watched this uh i want to say in college when i was first like i'm gonna be a film person like i'm gonna watch good films and like i had heard good things about it and i i knew about the coffee is for closers thing so i actually kind of have a weird relationship with this movie because is there a movie you don't have a weird relationship <laughs> with nope um, <laughs> uh white chicks um <laughs> I don't really have a relationship. That with makes that movie. sense. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, I thought because it's just perfect. It's a perfect. <laughs> it's a perfect movie. It's an undeniable masterpiece. <laughs> it's um, a contemporary American classic. <laughs> um, so I, uh, well, the reason I have a weird relationship with it is I've seen Glengarry Glen Ross now two times. I've seen the Alec Baldwin speech. 30 to 40 times. <laughs> and yeah. the reason is I worked as a salesman for uh, two or three years in my early 20s. I sold software to banks and I would go and stand up in front of a bank, a community bank's board of directors and talk to them Fucking about it. Our... everyone I know has been a salesman at one point. And I'm just like, I never understand. I know so many, so many comics yeah. that I know too have been like salesmen well, at it's some a point. And I'm like, man. how the fuck... <laughs> But yeah, but you don't think of people being salesmen in their early twenties. Like it's like a thing. It's like you're sixty if you're a salesman. <laughs> you're Jack Lemmon or nothing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. No, I. Uh, I mean, I. I. I want to be very clear that I wasn't a fraudulent salesman like these guys are. Because this property they're selling doesn't actually exist, does it? 
No, I, I think it exists. It's just shitty property. That was gotcha. the the intention that I. That's that what I, I got out of it. it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, it might not exist. It might be the th- shit in the briefcase. You know, it might yeah. not. There might not be. <laughs> it might be open to interpretation. I don't know. Yeah, I I, I I I didn't know. I mean, it could be that it is actually very nice property in Florida. It could be that it's fraudulent. I don't know. Well, but when anyway, they keep getting get the, the slips feeling... of paper and they're like, I've seen this like three times. That's what I sort of assume is that's that mm. worthless lot that nobody wants that's yeah. just circling well, no, the thing. The thing they're the, saying the I've seen this three times, that's a lead. Those are the people are, but they have they're to selling call. to. I thought it was like the pairing of they're trying to sell them something in particular. I don't think so. Maybe. Oh, okay. It might be, yeah. I don't know. I've never, I've never worked in that. No, I mean, what, I, what I used to do was I would because I mean I I was not a fraudulent salesman. I sold things. I sold uh, <laughs> that software. existed. I sold fr- software that well, a existed I, and b was actually helpful. Really but, quick, what? Sorry, whatever it is, I don't think it's good land. Like what, whatever the case <laughs> is, it's definitely not what's in the brochure they're showing people. <laughs> they're like, roping. People they would into not something. be in there that are no office. Flamingos. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. There's no. Or if there are Sorry. flamingos, like they're not feeding them shrimp to make them pink, so they're like sad gray flamingos. <laughs> flamingos you have to care for because they're so malnourished. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, their heads force... are just on the ground. Their necks are just drooping down. They you have, have to, to force feed them like flock rod ducks or they'll just die. <laughs> like you got to headlock one and then just put a funnel in its throat and it's the only – it doesn't even have the will to live. Oh, the... Jesus. Oh. I thought this movie was mean-spirited. <laughs> Oh God! I yeah. just there's something so cruel. You're going about fucking feeding, pet cemetery over here. We're feeding flamingos that want to die. Um, that have just oh God. Anyway, that's not funny. Um, but yeah, like when I first started, I was cold calling these banks, and uh, I, there was another salesman there, uh, or he wasn't working in sales, but he had been in sales for a long time, and his name was Chuck. Really good guy. Um, hey Chuck, and he. Uh, he called me into his office, and he was like, because I didn't know shit about shit. I didn't know how to sell. They were just like, here's a list of phone numbers. Call them and set an appointment so you can talk to them about websites. And uh, Chuck called me into his office, and he was like, I'm going to show you something. He showed me uh, the Alec Baldwin speech from Glenn, from this movie, and he I showed fucking me. Of course he did. Yeah. <laughs> of course he did. How many shitty asshole fucking sorry you said he's a nice guy. He's a really should, good dude, okay. yeah. Um, he's but also like, currently battling cancer. He's Shit. All right, you know, just for, I'm gonna just not talk. <laughs> I mainly said that to shut you down. He's actually doing much better. He's uh, from what I've heard. Um, he's in. He's well, f- good for fucking Chuck. <laughs> fucking good for you, buddy. I'm gonna tag him. I feel like an asshole. Gets released. Um, no, please don't. I'm st- Chuck. Look, Chuck. I'm sure you're great. I'm sorry. I don't know you. It's easy. For people to you know shoot their mouths off about people they don't know, I'm so, I'm sure that if I met you in person, I'd have nothing but nice things. to he say. He got a mention on the internet. Do you know how very... rare that is? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. um, uh, Chuck, I'm sorry. Yeah. So anyway, that's that 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 was the first time this this movie was introduced to me. Um, was like, here's the things that you need to know about selling. Always be closing. And AIDA, and uh, you're going to feel pressure all the time. And that's like, that introduced me to the central paradox that these guys feel in this movie, which I can tell you from experience is the central paradox of being a commission-only salesman. Because I didn't have a salary. Like, if I didn't sell, I didn't pay my rent. Um, and that, that was how I lived for two years. It was terrifying. Um, and uh, these guys, like, to, in order to be a good salesperson – you have to be confident and relaxed and act like it doesn't really matter if you get the sale or not. However, you are constantly terrified 
because it matters very, very much if you get the sale or not. So you have to live in this paradox. And I think this movie does a really, really good job of illustrating that, especially at the beginning of the film when everybody leaves the Chinese restaurant and goes across the street to see Alec Baldwin, who is not named and is only in one scene, um, <laughs> just browbeat them. From what I gathered, just to like sort of establish stakes and for no other reason. That's the only reason he's in the movie is to be like, pressure's on, motherfuckers. Here we yeah. go. Yeah. Well, because that, that monologue is also not in the play yeah it's only in the movie and i wonder again i don't know if we if we were just talking about this before we were rolling i think i've never seen the play i've never right. seen it produced i've seen other mammoth play i've seen sexual perversity in chicago and i think a yeah. couple other mammoths but never this one so this i can't does take say place in chicago right uh yeah we were just was, looking we were it talking up. about this the movie was shot in new york right mm-hmm. but mammoth is from chicago like he uh the organic theater uh, group that he started with that was Chicago. Uh, gotcha. Um, what they called the Organic Theater, the Living Theater. I can't remember. It's been a while since I've. Had I think that. it might be Living Theater. I wouldn't know this shit. Uh, no. Yeah, but he started there with like William H Macy and and Stuart Gordon and all these guys. Um, Stuart Gordon. Stuart Gordon started like there. Reanimators. Reanimator. Gordon? Stuart Gordon. <laughs> yeah, he actually has directed uh, at least one movie based on a mammoth play. Weird. Uh, huh. Yeah, William H Macy was in uh, Edmund. So. Um, Stuart Gordon. Wow. I think I think Stuart Gordon. I mean, now that. Reanimator the musical makes way more sense to me now. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, Stuart, Stuart Gordon comes from that from that uh, group. Uh, but that was a Chicago based thing. Yeah. And uh, anyway, so I don't know if that was just one of those things they included in the movie because it was like, well, it's a movie, so we need to like we need a little exposition here to establish these stakes that are going on. Yeah. Or if the play, because the other thing about the movie is is that. You, it doesn't really stop to explain any other than that scene, the the Baldwin speech. It doesn't stop to explain anything to you. Yeah. It just kind of hits the ground running, and you have to fucking catch up and put together the narrative through what you're hearing in the dialogue. Yeah. Like especially that scene. There's a scene early on where uh, uh, Ed Harris, uh, Moss, and and Alan Arkin, uh, George yeah. are in a car, and they're talking back and forth, and you don't fucking have any clue what they're talking about yeah really like you just they're talking about how the to, leads are garbage you have to well they're talking about how the leads are garbage they're talking about um jerry graff they're talking oh, about oh yeah that's when they start talking uh, about jerry graff and, they, and going into business for yourself yeah mm-hmm. and they're yeah. saying they're throwing out all these proper nouns too like they're naming different properties they're naming different people they're naming yeah. all these things back and forth that you that you have no prior exposure to yeah so you just kind of have to figure it out as it's going and i like that that's a, it's 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 not i mean it's not puzzle work it's not like advanced shit but it's not coddling you either yeah well i think also the the fact that the three of us watched it and we're not 100 percent certain what's on those slips of paper necessarily yeah. sort of <laughs> illustrates how much this is yeah. window dressing yeah to yeah. like they're selling garbage of some kind yeah, like point, it's yeah. it's about exactly. the competition it's, it's about blah yeah. blah blah it's not yeah. about the proper nouns it's not about the fucking you know that's a, uh, six a, feet under a, wasn't a, about the funeral parlor no yeah. it's, it's a it's a macguffin like it doesn't matter like what you what matters here is that this is just a shitload of toxic masculinity like, <laughs> <laughs> it matters that capitalism is devouring the souls of our society like that's what matters. This is why story. we brought Andy Sell. Oh God, that oh that was delicious. Oh, I'm just rolling that around in my mouth. It's like caramel. It's, oh. 
<laughs> I feel like there needs to be a meme image with one of these guys and your words stamped on top <laughs> of it now. Is destroyed. <laughs> I uh, I had to do the Alec Baldwin's monologue. Uh, for a play audition once, which I thought was interesting because that was like what they gave you to do. Yeah, that was the oh. that was the side that you had to use, that you had to bring to. That was the page you got for the audition. I would be really um, interested to watch you perform that. I didn't get the part, so I didn't do a great All job right, well, with it. I don't think. <laughs> um, you know, that was I'm also sorry. That was really mean. <laughs> uh, I would also probably do it a lot better now. That yeah. I did because I was twenty. I was you know like twenty three, I think, or twenty two yeah. at the time. I just feel like in order to watch you do that, there are a lot of things about you that you would have to turn off to to do it yeah. effectively. Well, um. I have played a, um, I played a racist. There's this play called The War Boys that yeah. I was in, uh, and I I played a racist. Did you live rich... and then die and then live again? <laughs> <laughs> Witness me! <laughs> Sorry, oh, yeah, I, just, I had to spray paint my teeth. Um, <laughs> I no, I uh, I played a, a, a rich racist guy on a, a, a border guy, um, like a, a at the Mexican border, at the, like at a the, border patrol. The, bo- he wasn't a border patrol officer, and he wasn't necessarily like a Minuteman. He wasn't in one of those vigilante groups. Yeah. But it was him and two of his friends. Uh, st- you know, drink beers and sit out the border and like catch oh, people. So an idiot. Uh, yeah, he's also <laughs> a, a, and and a rapist. Um, okay. <laughs> uh, and that part was very difficult for me to play because it was like I would imagine I have to like get rid of a lot of what. But Pretty it was much also everything with the mustache. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't have a mustache at the time. Okay. <laughs> uh, but it, I don't know where I'm going with this. Oh, me either. Uh, <laughs> I, look, we're just hey guys, welcome back to Talk and Process. Uh, <laughs> I'm self-aggrandizing idiot Andy Sell. <laughs> we're we're dissecting Glengarry Glen Ross. So let's let's start at the beginning, I guess. Let's let's go through it. It's a terrible um, place to start. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's not what Sound of Music taught me. Um, uh, so they Sound st- of Music also taught you that Nazis were fun. <laughs> I mean. I don't, I don't know, man. It, they didn't look fun in that movie. No, they're not. I the just, Von Trapps had to flee them. I just—it's hard don't to flee from fun things. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I don't hang around clowns. Um, so they start out hanging out in this Chinese restaurant, and I love the weird relationship this Chinese restaurant has with Premier Properties across the street because it seems like they have an understanding with the management that they like take calls there, and <laughs> yeah, they, it's sort of like an unofficial office. Yeah. And we see that... Because their actual office is a trash can, basically. <laughs> it's, it's the saddest place on earth <laughs> yeah. with those horrible slogans and everything around. Oh, like, salesmen are well, born, Well, just like file built. cabinets with like fucking files just like stacked on top of shit's falling everywhere. Yeah, it's it's and like weird like newsroom desks. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's the saddest thing in the universe. Um, <laughs> Open air just listening to deceit all yeah, around yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> Oh God! There's, I, I can't tell what there's probably more of in that room: farts or lies. It's <laughs> it's probably neck and neck. I did all. I, I loved all they like. I'm here at the airport. And... Yeah. <laughs> oh God! Yes. Yeah, Grace. Grace. Can it was Grace, right? It was That's Grace. the name of his yeah. assistant. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. That was yeah, that was a woman implied. So many women talked about in the movie, including fictional women that don't exist, made up women. Yeah, but none none are seen except for coat check lady. Um, and so we 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 open in in the Chinese restaurant, which is like super like warm and colorful 
whole like again every one of the things I love about this movie and how it's structured is how on purpose everything about it is yeah. like there's no fat on it there's no scene <laughs> yeah. where some dudes just talk about the Dodgers for a minute um, they just like everything in there is pointing towards this goal of showing you how dehumanizing this sales job is to the point that it eventually s- turns uh, Shelley into a thief um, because of the desperation he has um, but by contrast, the Chinese restaurant is red and warm and nice. And we just we start out just watching Al Pacino having a drink with Jonathan Price, and he does not talk about property until like forty five <laughs> minutes into the goddamn movie. Yeah, but it's also uh, because he's a great salesman. That's yeah. another thing. Like I, no. I I understand how he's a liar and, and a con artist, but like the person in me who did that job um, was like, you're you're very fucking good at this. <laughs> Hats uh, off. He's, yeah. I don't. Okay, I'm not gonna say he's good at it. I'm gonna say he's smart about it. Because what he does is he's just getting the guy drunk. Like, it's not even it's not even about him being suave with his words or being... Because he's not subtle. And he's not... Like, there's no... I remember when I, was a, when I was younger, when I first saw the movie, when I was a teenager, I thought, like, oh, this is really good. This is very good. It's, like, it's nuanced. It's interesting. It's, like, he's not... There's no fucking nuance or subtlety to it. He's just spouting out this, like, garbage bullshit, like, philosophy, not... This, like, b- a bunch of carpe diem-isms. Yeah. Like, <laughs> without any kind of context or connection. Trains smell vaguely of shit. getting this guy drunk. <laughs> yeah. Like, he's just getting this guy I, drunk. I, I suspect he has a deal with the, uh, with the bartender to water down his drinks. Oh, um, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. That was a, a Mad Men thing I loved when Roger Sterling was, like, admitting his secrets at one point, and he's basically... Oh, I don't remember that. I forget exactly when it was, but someone is like begging him for hints, and he finally gives him a couple. Oh, I remember that. No, it's uh, Lane Price <laughs> is going to uh, to the accounts dinner, and he's like, "Oh, is that what it is?" Yeah, he's he's like, "Go." But he was like, "Drink till his Lane is empty Price. and yours yeah. is clear, and then get refills and yeah. like throwing out how to get them drunk effectively." <laughs> yeah, yeah. God, Roger Sterling is magical. Um, <laughs> very, very related to this movie. So these guys, uh, they're all hanging around, and then they hear that they need to go back. Seems like this office runs like on a night shift because these guys go out on evening appointments with people trying to sell them garbage property and they are told they need to go back across the street for a meeting and everybody goes except Ricky goddamn Roma (laughs) because Ricky Roma knows the secret of sales which is you have to stay relaxed like that's what he does that no one else does in this movie is he stays relaxed even when fucking Kevin Spacey uh, John uh, I forget his last name Williamson yeah John Williamson. Williamson Williamson blows up his spot um, he still stays calm and collected, uh, and so he doesn't. He knows he fucking doesn't. child. Yeah. <laughs> oh God. One of my favorite things is in that scene towards the end when he, the way he uh, he appends uh, insults. He's not calm though when he comes into the office. Like, you 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 do not talk until you know the shot. You fairy. Uh, like, he pauses, and it's a new sentence, and it's just an insult. It's wonderful. But when he uh, comes into that office, when the cops are there, he immediately is blowing up about his car. He's like, you owe me a fucking car. Where's my fucking car? Yeah. I don't fucking want to hear it. Give me my fucking car. Yeah. Like, I guess that's true. Link, did you fucking put Link? Yeah. <laughs> it's... I don't know why I went Carl there instead of. <laughs> it was a little Aqua Teen Carl. Yeah. yeah, that's the only that's the only yeah. voice I can do is yeah. Carl. I can't do Pacino. I can do Carl. Hey, that meat man has sold himself some property. Yeah, none of this matters. <laughs> um, but yeah, one they, down, two to go. 
they, <laughs> Sorry. They go back across the street for the Alec Baldwin meeting. What? It, what okay, let's let's dissect this because this is probably one of the most famous scenes in cinema history. Way more famous than the rest of the movie. I think we can agree. Um, oh yeah, yeah. What yeah. do you guys think? Is, like, because why it's... why do you think they put this into the movie? I mean, sort of from the from the overall arc of where it sort of ends with the robbery. Yeah. What I took from it is it's an interesting construction where it's sort of driving people with the idea that desperation will make them be better and driving them straight to the brink. And then when sort of with, uh, with it as cutthroat as they've presented with bringing in this whole speaker and you're fired if you're not within the top two salesmen and all this kind of stuff. And then for it to suddenly flip and like you broke the law, like uh, that's sort of, uh, that's what I took as sort of like the climax is the flip of do anything, 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 anything. What the fuck is the matter with you? You broke into the office. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, so I think that's sort of adding the the extra pressure and that they're getting fired and sort of that, you know, so the, the company's trimming the fat. And, he's primarily there to establish stakes, kind of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I think Kim Basinger just wanted Alec out of the house for an <laughs> afternoon. <laughs> and she just... She just paid. paid. You think she was, paid was, for the balls? Yeah, she just paid, she paid the she paid Mamet to write him in. <laughs> did he? He got nominated for an Oscar for this, like right supporting. Jesus actor? Christ! Did he? It wouldn't surprise me. I don't know. I think he did. It would have that would have been the least amount of screen time I think any supporting actor nominee ever had. Like, yeah. Although there's been a lot. Like Judy Dench didn't have a lot of screen time, and she won for Shakespeare in Love. Oh, she did. I don't know if she won. She was nominated. She yeah. might not have won. That's um, a horrible movie. <laughs> I feel like that. Was yeah. that the one that was yeah, the record? <laughs> anyway, I, I feel like that might have been like the record at the time like the of the nomination. Amount, yeah. Lowest screen time. I know time lead actor time. is, uh, is uh, Anthony Hopkins for Hannibal Lecter because he's only in it mm. for 14 minutes and he won best actor. Um, wow. Yeah. Well, that's, that's which hard is fine, to argue with that performance. Amazing. <laughs> it was incredible. Um, uh, but uh, I, I think you're. Yeah, I think it was to establish stakes. I think it's. Uh, I think it, it. It. It's also like going back to the decade thing. Like it's. It's a very '90s critique of the '80s. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> the uh, this the play was written in the '80s, so this scene wasn't in there. It's also the, You know, theater is a little different. Like you go yeah. in expecting to be challenged. You know, with the film, maybe not so much. Yeah. Uh, you need you need it to be. I think the film's better for bit. this being in it. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. I think I don't think anyone will argue it's not an I, incredible I, fucking. Yeah, it's hard to say because it makes it a little mm-hmm. more uneven. And it's so like it's it's really like this movie is uh, again as you said like it's not subtle about anything and the camera work least of all maybe yeah like there are all these instances where especially when Moss and George are talking where the coverage is shot and it's just these two close-ups but then when things get intense normally like you would cut from a medium close to a close and then go to closes uh, for the rest of the coverage when like the conversation has gotten serious but this one this movie like moves to a close. And then goes into the closes for the rest of the coverage. Yeah. Like it makes it even more intentional. Like we're mm. swinging in, and now we're getting real. There's a lot of very deliberate yeah. camera work in the film as yeah. a whole. But it's been... well, like with the Baldwin thing when he when he says put that coffee down uh, to Shelley. Coffee's for closers only. Do you think Do you think I'm fucking with you? I'm not fucking with you. Um, he's shot. Like medium close, a little bit under, so he looks kind of a little bit low a little, angle. He a looks imposing. Yeah, yeah, he looks imposing. And then the shot of Shelley is the very much shot, from yeah. 
the reverse is very much from his point of view. Shelly's small you and far away. You just see him down, down at the end of the room. Yeah. yeah. So, like, where not only does it make Shelly look small and sad, but it also kind of makes me feel like we're supposed to identify with Alec Baldwin in that scene. Like, it, it, which, which is which weird. I, I, <laughs> so, Mammoth is an asshole. I'm going to get that right out of the way. I didn't know that. Like, what do you <laughs> mean by that? Mammoth's an asshole. Mammoth, like, Mammoth like personally, is a, the way, like, Woody Allen probably is, or? Uh, I mean, I don't think he raped anybody he might have i don't know uh he might have but no but i mean politically, i'm not entirely sure woody allen raped yeah him. i don't i mean i don't want to get into it jesus <laughs> christ uh i with with mammoth he's he's and i don't i suspect it might have been a thing that like he kind of gradually became this he is a tea party like libertarian type. what yeah yeah he's a he's a he's a obama's a socialist um, David fucking Mamet? David Mamet is. The yeah. guy who wrote this? Yeah. Yeah, no, David Mamet is. Does he seen Glenn Gary Glenn Ross? <laughs> I, I, and again, I think this is a thing, this is a turn that happened like, about a decade ago. Oh. Um, uh, maybe a little less than a decade ago, but like I remember the st- he wrote he wrote some blogs. Fucking some really, articles. man? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's on Team Orson Scott Card and Frank Miller at this point. Like he's a fucking uh, he's a prick. He's no. a complete prick. Um, and I wonder if can I like anything? No, no, you absolutely cannot. Um, uh, I got some bad news about everybody. Basically, <laughs> uh, if you like them, uh, they suck. Uh, I think. Except Fred Rogers. Fred Rogers never did anything wrong. No, no, he absolutely did. Well, he probably killed some people, but he was a Marine. It's fine. <laughs> Maybe. The, the whole the whole sniper story about him is bullshit. He was not a sniper. Have you ever oh, heard that story? I, know, that I, know, I mean, I know he was a Marine, and he wore the sweater to cover up Marine tattoos. But that's actually not true either. Oh, he didn't have yeah, tattoos? No, he didn't. Oh, okay. <laughs> but he was, he was a Marine. I think so. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I, it's hard for me to keep track of, like, there's so much bullshit. Don't take Fred Rogers There's so me, many Andy. fucking lies out there. <laughs> The tattoos thing is bullshit. He didn't have tattoos. Uh, okay. You know uh, who does? Dolly Parton. Yes. She's got a lot of them. Yeah. yeah. She's covered in tats. Huh. Yeah. That's why she wears those sleeves. Also, interesting. Another, she's also not a villain. That's another person. Dolly yeah, Parton. No, Dolly, Dolly Parton, Parton is, okay. is a golden goddess. Yeah. Dolly Parton's okay. <laughs> yeah. Dolly Parton and Fred Rogers, that's it. Everybody else is a monster. Yeah. Uh, that's it. Um, <laughs> Thanks for coming, Andy. I mean, <laughs> maybe. Look, okay. Jury's still out on... Uh, on um, LeVar Burton. He might be. We don't know. <laughs> uh, All right. So Mammoth. Mammoth is so a So yeah, Mammoth's crazy. a prick. Yeah. And, and I wonder, watching this movie now, knowing that, because this is the first time I've seen it since I knew that he was a piece of shit. Um, gotcha. It's it's interesting to see now, because like, I see like stuff like that, where you're supposed to identify with Alec Baldwin almost, yeah. or where it seems like there's moments where it seems like, wait, is Ricky Roma the good guy here? Like... Or what, is there a villain? They're all terrible. Wait, George is the one with a conscience, but it also seems like he's kind of shit on all the time. Like you watch this movie, and you're like, does the writer of this ascribe to these philosophies? Does is what he's saying is like because it's still like all of this for all the toxic masculinity in this movie, for all the hypercapitalism, for all the like throw your fucking scruples out the window. Like you're here to do a job. It's everything that's framed within that context is right. Like it's all right. Like it's it's. The bigger picture of it is wrong and awful and terrifying and, and disgusting, but like in the context of of that system, like how to get ahead? Yeah, and... like how to do this? Like, yeah, the you want to be a good father? Clearly meant to justify. You want to be a good father? Go fuck you. Go home play with your kids. Like that's yeah. correct. That in is this not world. what we're here to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And like, there's there's a part of me that uh, really finds that appealing. 
Um, not like yeah, it's the part of you that's afraid you'll never be your father. <laughs> like, that's, that's, wow. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm only. I'm not. Ju- I'm saying that because that's me too. Like, yeah. no, I, I didn't mean wow in like a mean way. Just like that was very accurate. <laughs> yeah, it's the part of you that looks at your hands in the morning and says, "My dad's hands are bigger than these, <laughs> and they'll always be bigger." Like that's what, wow. <laughs> that's what that is. <laughs> I have a lot to think about today. <laughs> yeah. But like, I mean, everyone in this movie is a piece of shit. Like they're all, like, even George, who's the only one with a conscience, who's like, I don't know if I want to work this job. I don't know if I'm cut out for it. This he, is terrible. He says he hates like, it. Like poor, <laughs> he's Gil from the Simpsons. Like I guarantee you that that character is based on that. Uh, I mean, I can't guarantee because I don't know, but I'm saying yeah, probably. Yeah. What do you got? Um, so in terms of why the, the Alec Baldwin speeches are, I'll just throw out, I feel like over the course of growing up for me personally, uh, I've heard the transition from my parents of wanting to work at the company that will take care of you and sort of the trade-off of you give them the 30 years and they give you the pension. And I feel like our generation is sort of, that's flipped where I've had nine jobs since college and that's my thing is more normal to my generation. I feel than staying at one place really long term. Yeah. And I wonder if that had anything to do with the the Alec Baldwin speech of sort of you deliver or you're oh, cut yeah, loose. Oh, yeah, about how that the times are changing mm-hmm. and that, yeah. that whole thing is gone now. And it's really just like the corporatism. Because, again, we were talking you're about this You're saying that he is pointing out the change. I wonder yeah. if that's why it would be in particular in the 92 movie and because, not in the 84 plays. That that's more been, of a current topic. Yeah, that's yeah, cool. Yeah. 92, it would have been after all the uh, the savings and loan scandal stuff. It would have been after uh, the uh, the 89 writer strike. It would have been after, like, um, I don't know how that factors in, actually. Uh, it, would but, be, it would be in the midst of the early 90s recession. Yeah, exactly. It would have been during that recession. Uh, I, I mean, it... Uh, you know, you got uh, the Bush election. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it was it was right it was right in the middle of like the, the end. Well, the of Bush, Bush election one. was sorry was eighty eight, so that would have been at the end. Yeah, it would have been Bush Clinton. Yeah. So it was uh, you you've had which is now, it, which yeah. So now you've had about. not just so at this point now you've not had just four years of a Republican president. Yeah. Because in eighty four you've had twelve. You've had <laughs> you've had it's been a fucking. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> it's been oh Jesus <laughs> yeah no we're all still feeling that trauma <laughs> this is why I can't feel sorry for millennials because yeah. they, fuck you you didn't you weren't there <laughs> you don't know what this shit is like <laughs> I mean I can feel sorry for millennials yeah, I, am I, absolutely, I feel, no I, feel, I absolutely do yeah, because, no, the, because our parents broke the world man because this shit this, this shit is the reason they're in the situation they're in yeah. this, this, the Alec Baldwin speech is single-handedly responsible, I think for all of the evil in the world at this point. <laughs> like he's many... why everyone's monsters. Yeah. They were watching this movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Turned everyone into a fucking, you know, fucking and then Woody was like, I'm going to go do some rapes. Um, I'm yeah. sorry. No, we uh, don't. Wow. Come on. Oh, jeez. Can this we just poor not taste talk? Territory. Just don't say the name. I don't want to get 
<laughs> you think Alan's gonna come after us? <laughs> like, come on. No, um, I think Jezebel's gonna come after us. Oh, okay. <laughs> maybe. Uh, maybe. I mean, maybe both. It'll be like uh, it'll be like Blues Brothers. We're being chased by the Nazis <laughs> and the cops. Like, <laughs> I did not mean to compare. Like, in this situation, Woody Allen is the Nazis. Okay, that's not right. Uh, let's walk that. Are we back. the Blues Brothers? <laughs> Absolutely. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, I was gonna say of those groups, yeah, but I we're like hope. Blues Brothers two thousand. Oh, fuck you. Oh, not cool, man. I get to be John Goodman. Oh, man. Am I the little kid? Yeah, you're the kid. Uh, uh, JP, you're Ackroyd. Um, oh, boy. Yeah. I mean, you were you were Ackroyd in the original version, too. I'm clearly Jake um, of the two of us. Uh, I'm loudmouth, and I'm going to get a shot. Um, so I was uh, the one out of prison? I guess yes. I can live with that. <laughs> Yeah, so, so I guess here's here's my second question about I know we're only like we, we're 45 minutes into recording. We've only talked about the first, the opening speech of this movie, but <laughs> oh, it damn is it. so important. But the, um, the thing is, that second, speech is so question. much more well known than the rest of the movie. Like every fucking salesperson ever, like you said, has has that and plays it for people. Every goddamn hedge fund bro douchebag <laughs> has that speech memorized. Every open mic comic probably watches it, and not every open mic comic, but everybody every shitty open mic comic probably watches it to get psyched up for a set. Like yeah. It's it's everywhere. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I, my second question about it is, what do you think Alec Baldwin's character, uh, who is nameless, and I love that, <laughs> um, is trying to do? Because, like, again, I, I, the the and I, I think the film understands this, and the film wants to communicate it to us that desperation makes for a bad salesperson. One of the things that 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 is so gorgeous about Jack Lemmon's performance is how we see his sales voice when he's like. Oh, I have a well, I have an exciting <laughs> offer for you. And he's, he's got like this sales voice he goes into, and you yeah. hear it, especially later when he's talking to, uh, or, or like ha- later after the meeting when he's talking to Williamson about trying to get some of the Glenn Gary leads, and you watch like his mask turn on, and he's trying to hustle Williamson, but then it slips, and you hear how angry and desperate he is. Um, so the movie is telling us like desperation makes for bad salespeople, but the text of Alec Baldwin's speech is very much you should be desperate. Like, it's inducing yeah. anxiety. Like, I don't know how any salesperson yeah. could hear that and not be anxious. So with that in mind, <laughs> why do you think Alec Baldwin's character is saying these things to these people? I, I, I would posit a theory which he really is maybe, maybe just cutting the wheat from the chaff. And it's not about trying to get people to rise to the occasion. It's just trying to get people like George to quit. Oh, uh, I mean, I don't even know if it's to get him to quit. I think it's... I think it's, it could be just sadism, like wow. It could just be it could just be pure sadism. Like it could be just like he's I mean, just there. Like later, he's just gonna jerk off thinking about Ed Harris getting angry. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I do. Do you think he's like a was it Clooney and up in the air? Like, do you think his job is just to go to office to office and fire people? Yeah, I mean, maybe, <laughs> ruining yeah. lives. He says, "I'm here for Mitch and Murray on a mission of mercy." Like he, he he says I uh, they would have followed my advice you'd been fucking fired already like, yeah yeah and and I think that's that's I think I think he's telling the truth um, with all that stuff I think he's he he would have just like cut the whole thing and like let everybody but Roma go and again it's so cool that Roma's the only guy who's not there. Um, because Roma's like, I don't need this. Well, he's shit. also on the top of the board. He doesn't. Yeah. He, yeah. He doesn't need to be there. No, he he's got Jonathan. He's got Link on the hook over but, at the Chinese restaurant, who is not a lead. He was not given that guy's name on a card. He just met a guy in a bar and was just like, I'm gonna sell this guy some fucking <laughs> junk land in Florida. 
Oh God, Florida sucks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I, JP, you ever been to Florida? Uh, not when I was old enough to remember. I they think got, I did look, Disney World when I was five or something. Gotcha. They gotcha. got Gator. You can eat Gator, and that's good enough. You for can me. eat Gator in Louisiana. Yeah, I was gonna you say I've to go had to Gator in Louisiana. Yeah. Well, <laughs> fuck. <laughs> <laughs> no reason to go to Florida, dude. Disney World is spectacular. Everything else about Florida. Uh, fest, fest every year in Gainesville. Fest. What's fest? It's a big punk rock. Uh, Punk okay. rock music Fair enough. festival. Fair enough. And Leonard Skinner's from Gainesville, Florida. Um, See, that's a knock for me. That's not a. That's not a pro. That's a con. <laughs> really? You know what? All right, we're gonna. Yeah, gloss look, over that. I take Neil this... Young's side in that whole. <laughs> in real life, they were friends. Ronnie Van Zant and Neil oh, Young. All right, then I take Warren Zevon's side in it. <laughs> <laughs> that they stole Werewolves of London and turned it into Sweet Home Alabama. Yeah, and then he wrote that song, uh, "The End All Be All," and that argument. Oh yeah, uh, that play it all play night that, long. Play it all night long. Play that dead band song. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's uh, the drive by truckers do a really good cover. Yeah, of play I, it all night oh, long. It's, it's 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 fucking awesome. Um, <laughs> um, anyway, not not to go on go off well, about he, the south, but the, anyway, the thing is, he's gonna fire all but two of them. Yeah, only the top two people are staying, which is insane to me. Like, how do you have a sales force then? Like, you don't. Were you gonna replace them all? Yep. How? I think because that is it is sort of like a modern Tim Ferriss four hour work week, like optimize every aspect of everything in the world. Yeah. Like if you're two salesmen, uh, you know, if you're paying them X amount and here's what they bring in and these other people, you know, make roughly the same and bring in a fifth, then you're wasting resources, you know, divert it to the people who are bringing you the yeah. most. Yeah. So I think that's sort of where the mentality would come in of, yeah, it's probably insane, but maybe you can fire it down to two and then maybe you can find another like here's the bar now. Can we find other people that can, you know, match that? Yeah. And sort of yeah. back to desperation, like, I'm sure there are people who totally believe that's how you motivate people. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, God. Well, that's the yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. I mean, they're the same people that, like, you know, when a when a football team hazes its, you know, new people, it's like, yeah, no, that's how it goes. Or, like, you know, the people that think bullying builds character. Like, yeah. the same fucking assholes that, yeah. like, they went through this shit, so then it's just it's just yeah. vengeful sadism. No, I, I, what? So I'm the last one that gets hazed? Fuck that! Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly. I'm not gonna. I'm, I didn't go through this to not hurt someone else. <laughs> I got hurt. That pain's got to go somewhere. <laughs> I can't just process it like an adult. Who the fuck do you think I am? <laughs> yeah, no, I've worked for those people. Um, I remember I, w- I worked sales uh, for another online marketing firm that, that was much less scrupulous than the first one, and uh, at one point we. Uh, uh, we we mentioned that our sales program should be incentivized. This was completely different. It wasn't commission only. It was just like you collect a monthly and sell shit. And um, we said to our boss, like, we should have some sort of incentive to sell more. And first off, they said, um, that's stupid. You should want to do well just for the good of the company. Um, and then they <laughs> offered us... Shut the fuck up. No, then they offered us a $5 Target gift card for the top salesman. You can buy anything at Target. <laughs> Five dollars. <laughs> uh, I quit that job about two weeks after that. Mm-hmm. Um, it took you two weeks? <laughs> <laughs> you missed, you could have had a great fuck you moment there. You could have, have you ever had one of those? Um, the walking out of the job, fuck you, I'm out of here moment? No, no, I didn't. I actually mm, went in. Everyone needs one of those. <laughs> I, put in, I put in my two weeks notice there, and they fired me on the spot after that. They, I said, I, I went in, and I was like, hey, I got to get out of here. I'm putting in my two weeks. And they were like, well, we find that salesmen don't really produce um, once they've put in their two weeks, so you can just go. 
Um, don't come back. Well, at least you get unemployment, though. Yeah, no, it was that. nice. Um, <laughs> I that that part was good, but uh, it's still shitty. <laughs> yeah, it was it was real fucking awful. Um, it was it was a bad bad place. I'm, Anyone who says at any point you should want our company to do well, if like you're not like if you're an employee, right, and you don't have shares or anything, then yeah. it's like. No. It's misunderstanding the basic no. nature of capitalism. Right. right. You're, <laughs> you're crazy. Yeah. That's that's fucking insanity. So, um to to get back into into into, into this movie, the 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 speech happens and it kind of you're like... selling shit. There's no I'm sorry. There's no there's no there's nothing for you to cling to as far as what you're you feeling good about them doing. You're not curing cancer. You're not fucking helping homeless drug addicts get back on their feet. You're not fixing villages destroyed by floods you're not do you're not even making art you're fucking like inventing a new percentage to be taken out that <laughs> you didn't fucking make that you have no emotional stake in how the fuck burn it down <laughs> burn the whole fucking thing down if oh. you've ever said that to an employee if you've ever said your incentive is wanting this company to do all put a gun in your fucking mouth right now <laughs> I love you. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, that was great. So the the the, the Baldwin speech, uh, whatever the psychology behind it might be, lights a fire on everybody's fucking ass. <laughs> and the, everybody re reacts in different ways. And to just run down the different ways real quickly, uh, you got uh, Moss and George, who are complaining about the leads being garbage. It seems like everybody gets these two <laughs> lead cards every night. Yeah. And a lot of them are recycled. Like... Because, uh, well, I'll get to the Nyborgs later. Um, oh, God, the Nyborgs <laughs> is such a great reveal. Yeah, it's awesome. But I have questions about that reveal. Because um, why were they on a lead card? Um, <laughs> because... Uh, because the company doesn't care about these people. Yeah, because the company doesn't give a shit. And Spacey himself even said, I don't like you. Yeah. That's why I gave that to you. <laughs> like, like in his, it's sadism from his, yeah. from his. Williamson is also a sadist. Yeah. Um, so, so George and Moss, uh, they have this great like circular talking around it. And then like, they kind of spiral around the idea of someone should steal the, the Glengarry leads, which are revealed in the Alec Baldwin speech. They are sort of the MacGuffin of the movie. Um, they're these, they're on red cards instead of the fucking teal <laughs> cards that everything else is on. Mm -hmm. And they're better leads than these guys have been getting. Cause basically the way their job works is, uh, you get handed these lead cards, which are people who seems like they like filled out surveys or whatever. And then yeah. you go and you try to sell them land. Um, and the Glengarry leads are better leads than the stupid fucking, you know, back of a bottom of a Cracker Jack box leads. Yeah. Uh, the teal the leads, I guess, are, uh, uh, leads of, uh, People who have been hit up before, uh, yeah. who aren't interested or who buy shit when and bounce checks. Yeah, uh, and I mean we we've already said that it was shady, but it's it's not like them talking up land. It's weird, like you've won a contest, and I'd yeah, love to yeah, get this off yeah. my ledger yeah. for the year. I'm the vice I, president of yeah. this housing development. What? <laughs> Which no. I well, yeah no I I actually my title when I was a salesperson was VP Sales, um, Western Region. <laughs> yeah, that's a really common thing. Is when you're a salesperson, you're well, yeah. given the title of vice president um, because it makes you sound more important. Yeah, uh -huh. because uh, you know salesmen are the the scabies on the. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to say. I'm sorry, salesman. No. You're good people. Andy, continue. I'm sorry. <laughs> Look me in the eye and go on. Look, it's hard to hate somebody when they're in the flesh. In front of you. <laughs> Try real fucking hard. <laughs> Look, there's nothing wrong with scabies. They, they, can't, they can't help what they are. <laughs> 
I'm happy that was your only flip-flop so far, is about scabies. I also stopped with the scabies because I realized that that wasn't even a good analogy. Uh, it was... Oh. So uh, so let's let's talk about I, I guess it, rather than kind of running down the plot like we usually do we can just kind of meander because that's what we've been doing. So what it is, all right. Hour. So what it is is uh, capitalism is a disease that kills society, which is an animal, and then the animal dies, and then the crows come and pick at the flesh from the rotting corpse of society that capitalism has murdered, and the crows are salesmen. Like they can't, they gotta eat. You know what I mean? They gotta eat. This is how they gotta eat. There's a dead thing right there. You go for it. It's not their fault. You sure you don't want to switch we to gotta, vultures? Look, you gotta cure the disease. I just vultures is very, very. That's a slur. It's too mean. Uh, that's a slur. That's a divisive term. Uh, All right. Sorry, I didn't. Yeah, we've been me. I'll stop meandering. You. I'm sorry. So the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, they, let's talk about George and Moss for a second. Cause like Moss, they're sounds, the two most interesting characters in the movie. Yeah. So Moss sounds like kind of a Bolshevik. Like what he keeps <laughs> talking about is like a man's trying to make something of himself and like the system grinds him down. And, uh, he's very like conscious of the way in which this machine is turning him into a pulp. And that's 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 fucking Marx, man, is mm-hmm. what that is. And for a guy who turned into a tea party or to write a character like Moss <laughs> is incredible. Um, and George is just sort of a spineless little slug who will do whatever's, you know, kind of handed to him. Um, George I is just... I do not agree that he's the conscience of the movie. Oh, he absolutely is. I don't think he has enough of a spine to be a conscience of anything. Well, that's the thing is that you he's been beaten down. He's been in this world so long that it's beaten him down to the point where he's got no... You know, he's got no recourse. He's got no way to air these. He's been destroyed. He's, by... Yeah, he's absolutely been destroyed. Yeah. Uh, We're watching the remains of a man. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's been stitched into a suit. Yeah. Um. So yeah. What? What? what JP. What do you? What do you make of of Moss? Um. Well, I mean, of of that sequence in particular, you threw out the word MacGuffin earlier, and yeah. I I sort of felt that the sequence was. This was the one where I most felt that what they were selling and even the methods they were using was inconsequential. And sort of just like you're saying, it becomes much more of a generic discussion of sort of controlling the means of production. And if we could just get ahead a little bit, then we could be totally self-sufficient. What are we giving them this percentage for? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's, that's sort of the main thing that I took away from it is this is probably the biggest chunk that could be applied to, you know, you could find an in in almost any profession yeah. of where this would make yeah. sense. Yeah. And the interesting thing, like, since you said percentage, it kind of pinged for me, like, the the, the way in which Moss could also be read as a libertarian. Um, <laughs> because he's basically saying we should be entrepreneurs. Like, we shouldn't, like, I well, want to... he just keeps using the Jerry Graff example, too. Yeah. Right. He's yeah. a man who walked away to go into business for himself. Yeah. Like, yeah. he's not saying, oh, this this whole system is flawed. He's saying... We shouldn't go work for the man. We should go work for ourselves. And you know, like, like, like the the. I mean, you could you could almost read the company and Mitch and Murray as like the government in in a libertarian reading of the film. Um, yeah. I'm not sure that I yeah. agree with that, but like, I think it might be yeah. there. Well, I think it's also clever that they can make it sound somewhat noble. 
when basically what they're saying is, what do we need them for? We can rape these consumers on our own. <laughs> we don't need Mitch and Murray to commit awful <laughs> crimes against humanity. Yeah, they're they're like if the War Boys got rid of Immortan Joe. <laughs> let's go into let's go into the pillaging business for ourselves. <laughs> I think that's just how those spike dudes happen. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, I'm they, a, JP, did they have a name in Fury Road, the Spike Dudes? Because you know who I'm talking about, the Spike Dudes. Uh, the Spike Dudes were the spikes, like the explosive things? No, oh, no, the oh, guys oh, with the spikes um, all over Yeah, I, I know you're talking about. Um, were they just like the Lone Raiders? They didn't come from yeah, Gas they Town were, or anything, no, did they? No, no, they they, they like entered separate. their territory. Yeah, yeah. They were I'm the sure they had a name. The I can't remember they were what the it is. They attacked the war rig uh, like first. Right, right. Well, because originally, oh, the, I know they call them the Buzzards. I don't know if Furiosa that's their Christian name. or deal with them, right? That was the thing? No, no, this is before that. Um, those are the dirt bike guys. These are the guys on the cars with in the dune buggies that are covered in spikes. Because oh. they, they still have the backup behind them that doesn't know that Furiosa is going yeah, off yeah, track. Yeah, and, yeah that's yeah. right. Anyway. Get the buzzards off her back. <laughs> there you go. Um, so, so anyway, uh, the, <laughs> I, the, the, Ma, Moss and George are talking, and they, they kind of come around to this idea that, like, oh, someone should rob the place. And, like... They, well, they don't. I don't think they come around to that idea. I think Moss has that idea already. Oh, and yeah. Because to me, I'm of two he's minds selling about Moss. George. That's the thing. I think he's just selling George on this idea. I don't think Moss. I be, I think he believes to some degree the stuff he's saying. Yeah. But this, I don't think any of it is like politically motivated. You know what I mean? I don't think that he actually cares about this shit because I I feel like he's just selling George on the idea of stealing the leads. Because at the end, it, it's almost like he's extorting George to do it. Yeah. He makes him an accessory <laughs> yeah, by said, listening. Yeah, exactly. He <laughs> says, like, if you don't do this, I'm going to fucking tell him you did it when yeah. I do it. Like, he just wants to. He wants it done. He's made the deal. He doesn't want to get his hands dirty. Yeah. So he's trying to get the, George, this sap, you know. That's a good word to for George. Do it. <laughs> yeah. uh, but George, to me, again, conscience because he doesn't fucking do it. No, he doesn't. He doesn't do it. He stands up for himself to that degree. Yeah. Uh, passively, but but again, yeah, I don't think Moss is. He can really... only he can only assert himself through inaction. Yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah, how, exactly. that's how broken he is. Yeah. Well, like, is is it clear by the end that that Moss and um, and uh, Shelley were working together? I think he says to Williamson after he's he after he's found out um, that uh, that Moss put him up to it. Yeah. So that kind of made me wonder if Moss was giving the same speech to all of them. Yeah. Right. He, yeah. But he's just trying different tactics on yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Except knows, Roma because Roma doesn't need that. But shit. because right. George yeah. is the one that still has a conscience about this stuff. That that's the angle Moss works on him. Is yeah. it's not right what they're doing to us. It's not right what they're doing to people. That's really at one point even uh, George says it's not right to the customers. Yeah, because Moss keeps saying it's not right that they're doing this to us. It's not right that they're doing this to us over and over again. And, and then George goes, "It's not right to the customers." Yeah, like he cares yeah. still. The fucking idiot. <laughs> he gives a shit. But the the one thing that does kind of throw me off about about thinking that Moss is only like an opportunist in, opportunist in this way is that his name is second on the board. He's not getting fired. That's true. His name is second on the board. He's not getting fired. So what the fuck? He's just. I mean, he's still going to have that job. Yeah. So to some degree, he does believe that they're screwing him over and he wants to get out and, go, and sell this shit to Jerry Grath. And yeah. go, I mean, go it sounds like Jerry Grath is a like measurably better deal than yeah, what they're but, getting. But they also imply in that conversation with between Moss and George that Jerry Grath is in trouble. Because yeah. George says, I heard the nurses dried up. 
Oh, yeah. Oh, that's yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. And, and Moss says, no, nah, don't worry about that. It's fine. You hear things, you know. So it's clear to me that Moss is already kind of working with Jerry Graff and that Jerry Graff is starting to go under. So he's just going to get these other leads to boost Jerry's career. To just keep this thing going because these, all, these people are all drug addicts suckling at the teeth of capitalism. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, it's it's yeah. really hard to avoid that read of this movie. Uh, no, it, it, <laughs> like, it is, but again, like, because of Mamet's standings, it's hard for me to understand like exactly how much of this is deliberate indictment. Yeah, yeah, it's really, really strange. So the, uh, the <laughs> it is kind of no tumor thinks it's responsible for the sickness. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, so, so we, we, we watch Levine. Uh, we, we definitely get the feeling that Shelley Levine, you know, he's the machine Levine, and he's, uh, he used to be the most amazing salesman under the sun, yeah. but he's gotten this, like, flop sweat about him, um, and he's gotten that desperation sickness. Yeah, he's gone Gil. Yeah, he's, he's gone Gil. <laughs> yeah. um, and we watch him go on that one sit, which is so, so wonderful, when he goes to that, that, oh, that, that's that so couple's house, and it's just cringe that inducing. <laughs> and, like, you watch the dude, like, say, oh, you're here to sell me some land. And he's just like, I'm here to, for an opportunity. And, blah, blah, blah. and, <laughs> and he keeps like, like dancing around it. And like the guy can't even look in his eyes yeah. when he's like, no, just go. Like he can't yeah. even look at him because fuck, you're pathetic. Like, yeah. Yeah. And it's also like the, 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 the same thing happens when uh, Link comes back the next day after, uh, oh, Pacino, after yeah. uh, Roma sells him. Like these guys, like that, that guy uh, and Link both, seem to be acknowledging like that Roma and Levine aren't the thing that's hurting them. Like that they are victims of this machine as much as they yeah. are. Well, cause like, they have to be dishonest 24 seven. Yeah. Like, there's he's just no like, just please go. Like, I'm sorry. I know like the, the guy who's telling Levine like leave is seems to be saying like, I understand how bad you need this and I'm sorry because I can't help you. Um, but I would be hurt because I would be hurting myself. Again, it's that you. like, it's easy to say, fuck you to tell to a telemarketer, but if there's a person <laughs> in your face, like in your home, like a flesh and blood person, it's hard yeah. to hate them. Like you can't. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, uh, that's what drives, I guess, uh, Levine to take Moss's, uh, suggestion and steal the Glengarry leads as well as a bunch of the contracts the next morning after we've kind of watched like a night in the life of these poor motherfuckers. Yeah. Um, and that's when Jonathan Price comes in and uh, we watch Levine and Roma do this wonderful dance. Uh, that <laughs> is like, that's the moment where there's like, you feel like they're okay. This is lies and it's bullshit and it's awful, <laughs> but there is a beauty to this. There is a grace and a nobility to this. It's like, it's like maybe not a nobility, but well, not nobility. Yeah. yeah. It's like watching good improv. It's yeah. like, it, you know, no, it's these like, these guys are champion. It's transcendent. And yeah. it's, and it's it's fun to watch people do hard things well. Yeah. Like and they uh -huh. oh god it's beautiful the yeah, way they do it. It's the it same reason a, I love watching It's a watching fucking dance. It's a jazz solo, man. Like those guys, the 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 the, the thing they do like with him being the vice president of American Express <laughs> yeah. and yeah. him like tapping his watch. Like, can I like, tell them about the, can I tell them about this? Can I tell them about Well, it doesn't come out to the fifth the April issue, but you know, uh, go ahead. Yeah. Like it's yeah. It's it's so so goddamn good, um, and he almost has him until Williamson comes out in the middle of this interrogation because the whole thing's happening in the middle of a goddamn police investigation <laughs> that Roma move. and Roma has it under control. I don't think. I don't think he ever has it under control as far as like he's convincing this guy. I think that again, it's like his thing at the, be the at the beginning where he's bullshitting him in the bar. He's just so he's just throwing out so much. 
so much shit that the guy can't get his footing. Like, yeah. he's and just it's, it's so tried spun and true around. sales tactics. Like, I was taught, um, I mean, back when I was doing, uh, well, I never really did B2C sales, uh, business to consumer. I always did B2B. Um, which made me like I, I didn't have to get butt com- to butt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just like the end of the end of Requiem. Just <laughs> yeah, matching my fists together. Right yeah, but now. that's the TV Listen edit. Here. They can't say ass, so it's butt to. <laughs> to go from A to A to B to B. Yeah. <laughs> um, but business to business sales is a little bit more like honorable, I guess, because there's just less room for deceit. Um, well, yeah, you also, like, you're dealing with someone else that's full of shit, so... <laughs> well, I mean, also, in, in the real world, there are plenty of cases of collectors calling up people who don't owe money and will just browbeat them into it. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh, yeah. there's totally social dynamics come into it in a much bigger way yeah. than you yeah. would expect. But, yeah, yeah. but I, I, I mean, one of the things I remember hearing was, uh, you know, in sales, like, if a guy says, I have to ask my wife, like, you call his masculinity into question. That's the way you get around that and get to the yes. Um... Yeah, and that's. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, no. This whole movie is just a fucking is like the cafeteria at an all boys junior high. <laughs> like it's we'll talk just about the masculinity angle because yeah. we talked about the capitalism angle a whole whole lot. Like tell yeah, me they go tell, hand in hand. <laughs> t- tell, t- tell me why. Oh my god, it's just. I mean, it's just implications of homosexuality. Uh, you know, it's just tons of homophobia. You fairy, you faggot, like all this. Uh, I said the word. You I feel fairy. bad. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's just like it's all this like awful toxic masculinity. Just How much you make this, last year? This awful <laughs> heteronormativity. This like this watch yeah. costs more than your car. This emasculation. <laughs> Fuck you, that's my name. Like, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. He comes in with his like. Uh, fuck it. He I, literally I has car balls. Yeah, <laughs> he's got he's got brass balls. He's he's got this. He's got his car. He's got his fucking watch. It's it's all capitalism as a big dick. Like that's what it is. Yeah, it, the biggest dick of all is capitalism. Like yeah, and, I'm glad we're free to wrap up the episode whenever now. We've heard the key phrase. <laughs> <laughs> But that's that's what that is, and then it's and then that's it's... what I'm titling this episode: <laughs> Glengarry Glenn Ross, the big dick of capitalism. <laughs> yeah, it's man. It, the 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 whole movie is just teeming with this like. I'm not a man enough. I can't do it. I'm not man enough. Or yeah. I am. Or I'm going to project my. In, I'm going to overcome my insecurities. Is that something that you like always had in your head about it, or did, did a lot of that leap out on this viewing? I think you? a lot of it leapt on this viewing. I, I know that to, at least to some degree, I could cognitively recognize that that what I what I it was like a you know again as a teenager watching it in early years in college, uh, you know when I was a teenager and then I saw it again when I you know in my early twenties uh, that it's like there was like. A, a male mystique, what I would have called a male mystique yeah. to it, like a like a like a hard boiled detective yeah. movie, or like a western, or or the thing even where there's <laughs> this like this like male this masculine energy to These it. These are much sadder are... men than the men in the thing. Well, yeah, <laughs> and the men in the thing are being stalked by a literal monster. <laughs> I was gonna say that says a lot. Uh, so yeah. are these guys. <laughs> so are these guys, except in this case, the monster is uh, finance and, yeah. <laughs> and an econ- an econ- a political economic system. Uh, <laughs> Uh, it's it, it can also take the form of anything, and uh, <laughs> and it probably came here from another planet. Uh, um, what? 
Yeah, capi- aliens brought capitalism. You didn't know this? <laughs> you didn't know this? Liz- lizard Look, people? Inscribed so, right. in the pyramids. <laughs> so the pyramids were built by aliens. Uh, <laughs> and capitalism kind of started don't say when, anything, the, JP. when the Nile <laughs> Agricultural Project happened, right? That's when class systems first became a thing. I don't know what I'm talking about. I know. Keep going. Pyramids no, are don't. on the money. I've heard that. <laughs> yeah. So they've got the eye. Okay, so the Illuminati <laughs> is in this. Uh, the Bilderbergs, uh, the Rothschilds. Uh, well, you don't watch Alex Jones? You're not into <laughs> Uh, look, there's a secret base uh, 300 miles below the Burbank Airport. Okay. The Burbank Airport? Yeah, don't ask. You mean it's... the Denver Airport? No, it's Burbank. The Denver, that's all smokescreen, man. That's all That's all red <laughs> hair. It's yeah. Airport. Yeah, that's, that's, look, the real people know it's under Bob Hope, okay? Bob Hope, who, uh, actually, Jay Leno is Bob Hope. I don't know if you knew this. <laughs> he lives He lives in Burbank, Bob Hope, the Bob Hope Airport. Bob Hope uh, just he, he you saw them in different places while they were both alive at the same time one of them's a hologram um, <laughs> Mitch and Murray a stonemason and a lizard <laughs> yeah 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 uh, both Jewish um, <laughs> Wow, I I want to get back to the movie. I really do. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how this happened. <laughs> Me either, man. Me I apologize. Either. So uh, so as as we mentioned, the, the 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 desperation that Alec Baldwin sort of induces at the beginning of the film has its uh, climax in Levine stealing these leads and then coming in and just gloating in the saddest "I need some approval" way. Like <laughs> he 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 needs to hear that he got the win from Roma, who's clearly the alpha male of this organization. Where's the chalk? Where's yeah. the chalk? Yeah, and yeah. he recounts yeah. this yeah. sale to yeah. the Nyborgs in painstaking detail. <laughs> and guys, I've done that. Like when I've made sales, like I have sat down with people and said, like, here's exactly how it went down. That's... And you just. Like, you want to relive the win because, guys, you don't get many wins. That's just a thing that you do. I think that that's true of any of any uh, career, though. Any yeah. industry, any, 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 any path that you take as a human, yeah. uh, especially as a man, because part of, you know, again, part of masculinity is tied in with this idea of accomplishment, with these yeah. ideas of success. Yeah. Uh, that goes back to you know whatever provider archetypes or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> with a daughter in the hospital. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> but I think it also just extends to the, or it can be boiled down to the basic idea of like you know you want to have influence on the world around you. Yeah. And in any way you can take that. So like with him doing the you know the the Nyborg speech, you doing the the you whatever you know. I mean, I've done it. Yeah, you know, I've done like comedians do it. Ah, oh, I fuck you should have seen me last night at the show. I fucking crushed, or like, ah, oh, handled this heckler, or or even like when I worked at a movie theater. Ah, oh, man, you should have seen how I threaded that projector. I don't know. Like yeah. everybody, there's this this need to brag about your accomplishments again because you have so few wins. And I think the fewer wins that you have in a culture, the more insane you're gonna be when yeah. you get one. <laughs> Absolutely, like it's um, it's something I, I I kind of hold on to a lot. Is it's the story my dad used to tell me all the time about. Uh, a uh, Penn State running back who scored a touchdown in some game, like in the 70s or 80s, and then he did a little touchdown dance. And Dude, it's Al Bundy. Al Bundy with his four <laughs> yeah. touchdowns in one game. Yeah. He's so sad. <laughs> he's so emasculated. Yeah. So his whole life well, is this, just four so touchdowns in one game. does a touchdown game. dance. He gets back to the sidelines, and he's like, hey, coach, did you see that? And the coach says, uh, yeah, but son, here at Penn State, we try to act like we've been there before. And, <laughs> like, and like, that's... But even that is like... 
even that attitude is like a well a real man doesn't show his feelings kind yeah, of you know what it's i mean true, it's like it's true. there's no winning it's every way you look you're fucked yeah yeah it's 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 difficult um and these guys are <laughs> sorry living in in what is uh, except that we don't have to be afraid of of constant attack that's true um do we I don't know. Um, I don't know. I do. I am constantly <laughs> afraid of being attacked. Yeah. I mean, Sorry. have you read the news? <laughs> I don't know. I just wanted to, I didn't want anyone to hear me say you're any way you look, you're fucked and have that be read as like a, uh, you know, like a MRA complaint kind of thing. You know, I don't, you're so fun. I'm the worst. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's, 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 it's awful. And these guys have to continue living life in like the saddest Billy Joel song ever. <laughs> 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 Oh God! I want when they do put out a Blu-ray. I want the fucking the quote. You know how they always have a quote from a reviewer. I want on the on the cover just says the the saddest Billy Joel song ever, John Varon, because that's what this movie is is the saddest Billy Joel song. It's so awful. It's not. It's not River of Dreams, man. No. It's not even We Didn't Start the Fire. It's, it's like the it's, it's like the, the bad part of scenes from an Italian restaurant. <laughs> like, it's real goddamn rough. Like it's or or it's like Captain Jack. It's the, Billy it's Joel. the piano man with uh, where all the percussion is replaced with gunshots. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I think that I think it's, that sums it's it up. if he came back and did a sequel to Only the Good Die Young now called The Bad Live Forever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um all right so that i think that 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 in a way sums up uh glenberry glenn ross i do want to say though uh, on this note of shelly yeah and and ricky roma being the like the top dog in the office yeah and shelly and, and roma even to offers him. to go into business with shelly at the end which did, god you, th- 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 not to cut you off but that moment at the end when when uh shelly has been found out by williamson oh, and he they knows just he's let going to jail. you sit there with him for yeah a minute. and then roma <laughs> says like hey i've been meaning to talk to you for a while we should go into business together and you see the near like tears on shelly's oh, yeah. face because he's finally getting that validation yeah. And getting someone to saying to him, like, you know what? You are worth something. And it's the exact opposite of what Baldwin gave him at the beginning of the film. Yeah. Um, you can't close shit. You are shit. Hit the yeah. bricks. It's Roma saying, I've learned things from you. And that, that shit you pulled earlier with Link was amazing. And we need to go into business together because I value you. And he's so starved for it. Yeah. That, Seconds after, fuck the machine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fuck the machine? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, he. I think that that's depressing by implication because I think he's depressing all around. Well, it, yeah, I mean, it's very depressing. It's a depressing. It's movie. Like, God, he finally would have had something. But yeah. here's the thing: and not even you talk that, about just like emotionally. He just he's just such a hurt little little yeah. baby. Well, but, but <laughs> you 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 talk about you know when when he gets into it with Williamson, you see his 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 uh, his armor crack. And he in his desperation comes when he's, out. How did you know I made it up? What are you talking about? What are you What are you talking about? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I mean, even before that, though, when he's ang- when he's screaming at at Williamson and saying, "Ah, you don't fucking know. You know, you don't yeah. you don't know you who the fuck the you are. You don't know your fucking no job. job. I'm done with you. You don't know your job. I'm done with like that yeah. shit. You see that, and you're like, oh no, that's who he really is. That's who he really he's is. He's a thin because, skinned little child. Because mm-hmm. Shelley now, the only reason he's sympathetic in this movie is because you're seeing him. At the end of at the end of his career, yeah. If this movie had been about him when he was young, guaranteed he's the most hateable character in the movie. 
That's really interesting. Like him yeah. as a young, you can you already know he's a bad fa- a bad husband, a shitty father. Yeah. You already know he's never been there for his family. You yeah. already know that like he's he was top dog of this office at one point, which yeah. means he was the best liar. <laughs> <laughs> so he's always been this pathetic, monstrous little shit. But now you're seeing the consequences that that life is taking on him. So yeah. you feel sorry for him. That's really interesting. Uh, and yeah. now Ricky Roma is the new him. Yeah. So like he has this admiration for Ricky Roma. So you get to see that like it's this it's an Ouroboros kind of where <laughs> like, yeah. you feel sorry for him. You want to like him. You want good things to happen. Ah, oh, it's sad that you fucked up. You made that tragic mistake. You fucked up. You stole the leads. You cop to it. And now you're fucked. Now your career's he over. He didn't cop and, to it. He just it. fucking lied wrong. Well, yeah, yeah. But I mean, he he cop to it eventually. Yeah. It, but only out of and he, hey, when he says, when "I'll he give you money. It, I'll give you money if you don't fuck me 50% over." Fifty percent of everything I sell, which mm-hmm. like is not sustainable. Like he can't make a living doing that. No. No. He's just desperate. Yeah. Um, but all the deals he tries to make with Williamson are desperate. And I love how as soon as he admits it when he's trying to make a deal with Williamson, like he's shot from above, like the like the camera's about to squash him like a little oh, roach. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, uh, he looks so goddamn yeah. sad. Well that it's... that first sequence when Williamson is trying to go home and it goes from like pleading to threatening to bribing over the course of, you know, two and a half minutes. And it's back to fantastic. pleading and then does the whole cycle like three times. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's incredible. It's it's there's there's yeah. so much going on <laughs> here. And it's it's like I said at the beginning of this, man, it's all on purpose and it's all pointing towards the same thing. There's nothing meandery about this film. There's nothing extraneous about it. It's uh, it's it's my favorite kind of movie like this. It's the reason I like Aaron Sorkin as much as I do. It's <laughs> because it's all like snappy and quick and like like a yeah. really well-constructed jazz song. Um yeah. it's all pointing you and in a direction. And there's a great jazz score. Yeah, it has a great jazz score. Uh, um, also, the most like late '80s, early '90s titles ever, yeah. with the fucking black letters with the glowing blue borders <laughs> around them. Like, yes. like, speaking of Stuart Gordon, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, anyway, yeah. Any other final thoughts about uh, Glengarry Glen Ross before we wrap this up? Uh, I mean, I think the only thing we really didn't touch upon that I had thought about was I thought it was interesting that watching it again years later. Uh, Things don't play necessarily differently, but watching the Jonathan Price character post two thousand eight financial crisis. Oh God! Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, it just adds a whole new level to like. He's oh, that's how it happened. The, he's the face of the middle class. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, it reminds me of my. I think my favorite thing anyone ever said about the financial crisis was when JP and I were at, we went to a taping of uh, Spoilers, this Kevin Smith uh, movie review show, and during the the resets and stuff, Kevin Smith was just kind of standing around on the stage. And there were only like 20 people in the audience. So he was just like pattering with us. And he and I started talking about uh, the smartest guys in the room or the Enron uh, yeah, documentary. Yeah. And he was, he, he said, he summed it up great. He was like, yeah, I finally understood. I remember watching me like, oh, now I get what happened. They fucked us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yes, Kevin, they did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Well, it's like. I mean, it's like this movie and The Big Short, I think, are very good companions because I I, I saw The Big Short and was like, this is the movie Wolf of Wall Street should have been because it's constantly – that movie is constantly reminding you of what these people are fucking doing. Like yeah. there's that scene in the casino where – they're, you know, the dudes are happy because they just, you know, they just made their deal. And Brad, and Brad Pitt. Pitt turns around and is like, hey, hey, maybe don't celebrate because here's what's happening. Here's you making this deal. Here's what it means. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then he like fires off those statistics about depression and, and mortality rates, suicide rates and shit. Yeah. And, and it's just like, 
uh, yeah, it's it's like I think Jonathan Price is in this movie that reminder of mm-hmm. like, hey, here are the people being hurt by this shit. Like, and this... who the last shot of him is him sadly and genuinely apologizing. Yeah, <laughs> Jonathan oh, Price. Yeah, 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 because he's. Again, he's so spun around mm-hmm. by all this yeah. that like I actually in rewatching this, I could not remember. I I had like a thirty percent uh, chance in my head that Jonathan Price was going to shoot himself in the office. I like <laughs> I, I, I I was like, is that what he does? It might be. And like, if that had happened, I wouldn't have been that surprised. <laughs> I had like a false implanted memory of Jonathan Price just putting a gun in his mouth in the middle of the office. Um, yeah, which. Like, I mean, I, that's probably what he did when he got home. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing is that, too, is that nothing is going to end well for any of these characters. Nope. For any of them. No. Like, even if Shelley and Williamson Ricky Williamson is the only one who might get out because he at least only, like, he's like the, the, the guy who, like, wrangles well, the shit beasts. And then he makes times for his kids and stuff. Yeah. He, like, <laughs> does that. But, like, I don't know. There's that scene where he, anytime somebody browbeats him, you see him genuinely hurt. Yeah, like he has that like oh five like especially after the thing where he fucks up the deal the link deal yeah that's he's like that's, that hurts to he watch. genuinely feels like he fucked up there and you can tell yeah um I don't know maybe but like Ed Harris is gonna I mean that dude he's too angry yeah <laughs> Moss well and also he's going to jail Moss yeah <laughs> oh, I mean yeah. he's an accessory to burglary he's going to jail, yeah. jail. Shelly's going to jail. Ricky yeah. Roma's probably just going to turn into Shelley at some point. Yeah. You know? Alan Arkin is hopefully just going to go get a job on like a car lot or something. I mean, selling well, cars. Well, I don't know, but the last shot of the movie, I mean, not the, the, before very the last subway thing truck, happens is... but the last thing is him picking up the phone and making a fucking call. Yeah. So it's just like, oh, well, he's just still in this now. I yeah, guess. He's like, fuck, two guys yeah. down. I can make it on this board. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's automatically second. <laughs> he's he got the state <laughs> Oh, God, that's so... JP, you just made me so sad. <laughs> All right. Um, well, I guess that, that does it for uh, Glengarry Glenn Ross. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, what, what do you want to watch uh, next time? Well, I mean, I think Andy kind of hit the hit the nail on the head with Big Short comparison. I think yeah. that would be sort of a fun bridge over to that to Absolutely. discuss some more monsters with, raping with, humanity. Yeah, God. Um, yeah, I'm, 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 I was thinking about The Thing, but I might just go watch The Thing on my own because I watch The Thing every like four months. Yeah, I, I was like... It, it, every what, Halloween, at least. Isn't it a Sunday? Don't you, don't you need to watch it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's, the thing's real good, guys. Uh, <laughs> it really is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, well, yeah, let's watch the big short. And um, yeah, I mean, we're going to have to find some other communist to sit on. <laughs> um, we, we used up poor Andy here. I don't think <laughs> um, thanks for coming, man. Uh, yeah, it was great. Th- thanks yeah, for having want, me. You, Sorry you if I yelled anything? a lot. <laughs> uh, I run a, a monthly show. Uh, when's this going on? Uh, this will go up in a week. Okay. Uh, I run a monthly show called We Still Like You. Um, you got to look for it on Facebook. It's there's a Chicago show and an LA show, and I run the LA one. The next one I believe will be March 12th. Uh, it's usually the first Saturday of every month, but I'm actually going to be in San Francisco. If you're in San Francisco, March 5th, I suggest you go down to the Lost Weekend Video Store for the very final Cynic Cave comedy show uh, in the Cynic Cave in the basement of the Lost Weekend Video Store. I will be on that show, cool, in San Francisco, yeah. which is why we still like you. We'll be pushed back a week to March 12th. 
Yeah. We got a good lineup. We still like you. It was awesome, guys. If you're hearing this, you should go. It's a bunch of really funny people telling stories of things they're ashamed of. Yeah. Um, great. There's also a great podcast that we still like you podcast. You can look up. Uh, it's very good. Yeah. It's it's fantastic. And you can, as always, find us on Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash refried reviews. Also, if you go to refriedreviews.com, it'll take you right there. Tell us we're wrong. Um, maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe you think these people are good people and you want to argue with us and we will I'll yell at you. Um, <laughs> like seriously, like all I want out of our Facebook page is to get into a really toxic fight with someone on the internet <laughs> and no one has done that for me yet. Tell Please. us whatever you want and like the page on the way out. That's yeah. all we ask. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what you got to do is every, what you have to do is when you post the episode on Twitter, you just have to hashtag it with a bunch of trending conservative hashtags. <laughs> <laughs> uh, especially do that for this one if you want a toxic fight. Because uh, uh, Mammoth 2016. It, yeah. Hashtag make America great again. Oh, God. That'll be great. Yeah. Hashtag Trump. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, wow. Watch what happens. Yeah, we're doing that shit, JP. <laughs> and for the big short, too, it'd probably be a good one. <laughs> oh, absolutely. All right, guys. We'll uh, we'll see you in a couple weeks. Uh, and we'll talk about some more people getting, just, getting their lives destroyed by finance. <laughs> Thanks. Uh. <laughs>